Thanks for joining us here in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day. We got some moms in the house today. Do we have some family members here supporting the moms that are in the house today? Amen. Well, I tell you what, I love starting off a service soaking wet. It just makes my day. Well, if this is your first time here, we are in the middle of a series called Transformed. And, and I just want to tell y'all, the folks that have been here, this is week number five in Transformed. There's, there's three kinds of people. There's people who make things happen. That's a couple of y'all. I see you. There's a couple. Of, there's people who watch things happen. And there's a group of you that, you know, you're quiet and you sit back and you watch what's going on. And then there's another group of people. And when it's all said and done, they wonder what just happened. Now, folks, um, I don't mind you being in that first group where you're making things happen. And God is working incredibly in, our, in the, the folks' hearts and lives. And, and you know what? I don't mind that you, you, for those of you that are sitting back and watching, and, and you're just, you're kind of getting poised and you're ready. You hear the Holy Spirit tugging on you, and you're about ready to, to take that step forward. All right? I'm praying for you. I'm praying with you. But, but here's what I don't want anybody to be in the group that when this Transform series is finished, that you look around and you see all that God has done and you wonder what just happened. Because, folks, this is what revival looks like. Last month, we baptized 16 people. Today, we just baptized 18. Um, we've got seven on the list to go in the water uh, soon. So uh, here's what I'm telling you. If you've ever wondered what revival looks like, you are sitting in the midst of it. And the harsh reality is that there are people who will watch it go by and they'll look back for decades saying, I wish I was in a church that had revival again. Don't let it walk by you. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be transformed. Well, today I want to talk to you about relational health. Ooh. Whether you are single, whether you are divorced, whether you are married, um, if you got a pulse, you are in a relationship of some sort. You may be uh, in a relationship with your mom. You may be in a relationship with your best friend. You may be in a relationship with a brother or a sister. All of us have relationships. Uh, we just uh, finished a, a workshop on Friday evening and Saturday morning called The Relationship Upgrade. It was an incredible time. Uh, we watched uh, people come to understand that the, the, the Bible has principles and based on that principle, you can either live by the principle and see God manifest himself, or you can fight the principle. And, and there's a guy in the Bible named Paul, and they described it as kicking against the pricks. And you wonder why you struggle in your relationships. And so what I want to do is I just want to take a few minutes, and I want to talk about relational health with you this morning and then I want you to love on your moms the rest of the day. Matter of fact, I want you to love on your moms the rest of the year. Amen. All right? So let, let me start um, with the relationships, and then I'm going to finish up. Moms, um, this uh, at the end of the service is for you, and I'll let you know when that's coming. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is two kinds of friends. All of us have them, and the first group of friends that we all have is we have casual friends. Casual friends are the result of circumstances. Casual friends are the result of taking a college class and you run into somebody and you don't like the professor and so you have a common uh, calls and there is a one way that you can find friends. Uh, it may be in the principal's office that you meet a friend. I met a friend that way. Uh, me and a buddy, we got paddled the same day. Matter of fact, he, I, he was right there getting paddled, and then I was bent over the desk next getting paddled. Uh, apparently, we had done something that was against the rules at that school, and um, well, anyways, I got paddled. <laughs> 
it hurt. And I had, guys, I'm a smart kid. I'm an A student without studying. But a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you that I lack a certain thing. Y'all remember what that was? Common sense. Yep. All right. Well, this was one of those times where I lacked that. Because I told the principal, and this was a Christian school, and I told the principal, I said, sir, I said, you do not have to paddle me. I said, you just need to send a note home and let my dad know that I deserve to be paddled, and he will take care of it. Because if you paddle me, I promise you, when I get home, my dad's going to beat me. He paddled me. And then he wrote a note (laughs) to my dad. He gave that note to me. I said, well, thank you, Brother Haynes. I'll put that in my pocket. I walked a little. I got home. I said, Dad. I said, I got paddled today. He goes, really? I said, but before you do anything else, I pulled out the letter that the principal had wrote to my father. And then I sat back. And he read it. And then I noticed something changed about my father. His eyes became red. And he proceeded to spank me. He goes, how many times did he whoop you, boy? <laughs> and I, before I got it out, he started. And my dad, he, he spanked me. Kids, you got it lucky, the kids that are left in here. You know, you got it lucky. I mean, um, when, when I got spanked, you know, my dad had this thing. He wanted me to touch my ankles. And, and so I'd get my hands down to my knees, and nope, nope, and, and I'd start just crawling them down. And man, about the time that my fingertips touched my ankles, bam, he'd hit me. And then I'd be standing back up, or I'd try to run. Well, that was one of them times where common sense didn't work for me. That letter didn't save me. Matter of fact, that letter gave me double jeopardy. The next day, I'm back in the, the school, and the principal says, well, how'd it go? So thanks a lot. <laughs> Kept on going. I think that principal knew exactly what was going to happen. The only one that didn't know was this guy, the guy that lacked common sense. Holy cow. Well, you know, another place that we can get casual friends is we can find casual friends in church. Matter of fact, a lot of you have been in church for many years and um, you've, ex- you've got friendships based on the church. Uh, you'll be walking around Walmart, and you'll see someone from church, and you're like, hey, but you forgot their name. And so you just wave, <laughs> and then you go uh, down another aisle, be- and then you ask your wife or husband, what's their name? You know? And if, the- if somebody remembers the name, then you'll, you know, you'll find them. If not, you're like avoiding them the rest of the, you know, every aisle. You keep going the other direction. Those are casual friends, and we have casual friends based on circumstances. I made a casual friend based on a circumstance. I was stationed in the Air Force down at Biloxi, Mississippi at Keesler Air Force Base, and there was a thing called a hurricane. I'm not talking about Hurricane Molly. I'm talking about a a real hurricane, like 500 miles wide hurricane, and it was coming on shore, and I just uh, got uh, about to start a class. It was called the NCO Academy, and... um, And so they told us, get out of Dodge, all right? And so I'm standing there in front of the commandant's office, and another guy was standing beside me, and the commandant called us in, and and she asked us, what what are your plans? And I said, well, I'm going to Clarksville, Tennessee, and the guy kind of looked at me, and and he said, I'm going to Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Um, That'd be like saying Walmack and Centralia. (laughs) You know, we're both down there in Biloxi, Mississippi. We're both evacuating to almost the same hometown. And we didn't even know each other, but we went to the same church. And so we were casual friends because of circumstances, because of NCO Academy. We were casual friends because of church, but then we became close friends as a result of choices. We chose because what happened is Troy and Laura Edwards became great friends with Carrie and I. Um, To this day, we look for opportunities to get together. And you you have friends that are casual friends that have become close friends. And you became close friends because of choices. I'm looking out here. I'm going to embarrass two close friends, um, Clarissa and Jenna. 
And I thought of you, Clarissa, this morning because I had a whole bottle of salsa for breakfast. Um, Clarissa and Jenna and um, Aaron um, had a uh, Cinco de Mayo dinner for folks. Um, it was supposed to be at a park. The weather was bad. We reached out and said, hey, why don't you guys do it in the gym at the church? They showed up. Oh, my goodness. Um, I like salsa. My name is Ronnie Tabor. I like salsa. <laughs> and um, I tasted that salsa, and I fell in love. And I knew I was leaving with salsa. And she wasn't. <laughs> and so I took a couple of bottles uh, of salsa with me. And this morning, the Lord laid it on my heart to have one for breakfast. And so thank you very much. Uh, I saw my first hummingbird come for the season while I was eating salsa uh, on the front porch. Well, you see, casual friends are as a result of circumstances. Close friends are as a choice. I know that Clarissa and Jen are close friends because they labored all day long getting that food, that feast ready. I know that Troy and I are close friends because, you know, when I, and I need something, I call him. When he needs something, he calls me. We're no longer casual friends. We are close friends. The Bible says it this way, Proverbs 27, 19, a mirror reflects a man's face. But what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. Not by his casual friends, but by his close friends. Matter of fact, another verse in Proverbs 12, verse 26, says these words, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Now, folks, I just want to let you know that some of you have got some close friends that you have not chosen carefully. You've allowed them to influence you in a bad way. But you made a choice. And if I were you, I'd make another choice. I'd find some other friends. Because you've got some friends that, that one day are going to get you in trouble. You've got some friends that are going to cause you to lose relationships. You've got some friends that are going to put you in predicaments that you don't want to be in. The Bible says the righteous choose their friends carefully. Well, now let me share with you five kinds of people to avoid. And if this is one of your close friends, I would encourage you to do what the Bible says and avoid them. The first kind of person that we should avoid is the lazy people. Lazy people, all right? You, don't, you think that's in the Bible? I'll show you in 2 Thessalonians 3, 6. Paul writes these words. He says, our friends, we command you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to keep away from all believers who are living a lazy life. Now, I want you to listen. The, the group, the church at Thessalonica, they believed that Jesus Christ was coming back soon. Now, folks, I want you to know, I believe that Jesus Christ can come back at any moment. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to just jump I mean, come on, a day like today is like, come on, Jesus, now is the time. I want to be in that baptistry when the, the, the rapture happens. I'll be dry before I hit the ceiling. <laughs> well, the church at Thessalonica, they believed that Jesus Christ was coming back, but they believed that, you know what, uh, since he's coming back, I ain't going to work. And since I ain't going to work, I ain't going to pay my bills. And since I ain't going to pay my bills, I ain't got a place to live. Can I live with you? They were lazy. And they hid their laziness behind Jesus. And the reality is there are people who hide behind Jesus, their laziness. The Bible tells us to work by the sweat of your brow. And yet other people say, you know what? I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord. And the Lord never shows up. Because that's not his will for you. All right, I better get off that one. Number two, people to avoid, angry people. Oh, yeah, that's right. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25 says this. Don't make friends with people who have hot, violent tempers. Now, everyone that went to the Relationship Upgrade Workshop just realized, you know what? We can't be friends with Pastor Ronnie anymore. 
Because he's got a hot, violent temper. I threw one of these chairs. I I was demonstrating. I was demonstrating what a hot, violent temper looked like in my life in the past. They jumped. You should, I mean, I, I wish I could pull up the video. Uh, every one of them, like, they were one row back from where they started when I did that. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, we had a break after that, and like a bunch of them didn't come back. I'm like, come on, what'd I do? And Carrie said, you threw the chair. You know, when the Bible tells us not to do something, it just doesn't say don't do it. It gives you a reason why. And what it says here, don't make friends with people with hot, violent tempers. Why? Because you might learn their habits and not be able to change. I have no doubt that there are men and women in this room that have hot, violent tempers, and they feel like they have no control over that. They feel like that they're a victim of their anger and the emotions that come with that. The folks that were at the Relationship Upgrade Workshop know that that's a lie. They know that they have an ability to change that. But until they change that, the Bible says, don't associate with them. Not because they're bad people, but because you might be like that. And you might not be able to undo what you've done. Third group of people you shouldn't have friends with. Number three, immoral people. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11 says this, I told you not to associate with immoral people. Now, folks, that right there gets us in trouble as Christians. Because when we see that, we're like, yep, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you just start going through Walmart. I'm not going to talk to her. Not. Yeah, uh-huh. You see what she's wearing? No way, Jose. But he goes on. He says, now, I did not mean unbelievers who are immoral. Have you always seen them Geico commercials? And it says, that's what they do. Fishermen, they lie. That's what they do. Immoral people do immoral things. That's what they do until Jesus Christ gets a hold of them. And you better be careful that you don't read half this verse and say, you know what, I'm not going to associate with them because they do things that I wouldn't do. We had this saying in the the Christian school that I went to, and it was, we don't smoke and we don't chew and we don't go with girls who do. (laughs) I, I grew up in Tennessee, so, you know, that's relevant. Mississippi, it's even worse. Alabama, I'm not even going to talk about them. He says, now I did not mean unbelievers who are immoral or greedy or thieves or worship idols. And then he clarifies, he says, what I meant was that you should not associate with a person who calls himself a believer but is immoral or greedy or worship idols or is a slanderer, or a drunkard, or a thief. Folks, there is nothing wrong with somebody who's a thief. There's nothing wrong with somebody who's a drunkard. There's nothing wrong with somebody who worships idols. That you shouldn't be able to associate with them. Because how will they know what Jesus looks like if we don't get close to them? But he goes on and he says, don't even sit down and eat with such a person that calls themselves a believer, that raises their hand and said, I asked Jesus Christ into my life, gets baptized, and all they did was get wet, and they are a thief. They are a slanderer. They are immoral. They worship idols. They are drunkards. The Bible says, don't even sit down and have a meal with them. It's pretty hard words. Folks, when we read God's word, we better read all of God's word. Because he tells us, 
you are going to encounter people who don't know Jesus Christ, and they're going to live like they don't know Jesus Christ. It's okay. But if you say you do, and you've got a relationship with Jesus, you better be different. There are a lot of people who won't come into our church because they see us, and they're like, you're no different than I am. I'll be golfing with you. I've seen you got that $5 club that you throw around. I've been fishing with you. I saw the fish you caught, and when you got home. I went out with you Saturday night, and I saw how much you drank. And then I saw you do a Facebook check-in at church on Sunday morning. They got a problem with that, and they should have a problem with that. The Bible expects us to be different. And so when it says don't have friends that are immoral, it means don't have other believers that are immoral. Number four, greedy people. Proverbs 23, 6 and 7 says, Do not eat the food of a stingy man, for he is the kind of man who is always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Greedy people, they smile at you, they act like they want to help you, but they won't lift a finger. And they're inwardly calculating about how they wish they could get out of the room from you. Don't associate with greedy people. And then the last group, number five, is unbelieving people. They're like, wait, 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 hold on. I thought you just said. Listen to the Bible verse, 2 Corinthians 6, 14. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Folks, there's a difference between having a casual friendship with somebody who's not a believer because that's how they're going to become a believer one day and having a close friendship teaming up, getting into a contractual relationship with an unbeliever. It will not end well. It's not that you can't do it, but if you do do it, you're going to get a testimony. Those ladies that get that guy and they say, you know what? I'm going to change him with Jesus. They don't, even if he's a pastor's son, right, Nikki? Oh, I'm sorry, I just said that about a trustee at the church. (laughs) You know what? It's it's fun being a pastor because I get to hear stories. This past week, I heard a story how that um, one of our uh, men in the church when uh, someone's son, I won't say any names, Eric, um, drove his Jeep through the garage not through the garage door that was open, through the backside of the garage, calls on a friend, and that friend rushes over and saved you thousands of dollars. Is that accurate? Yes, Jonathan, thank you. But what's crazy is that conversation brought up, I think Jonathan and I are kindred spirits because he might not have common sense. Because I heard that when he was younger, and they didn't give me any other details about what was going on, but they said that he drove another friend's truck named Josh and parked it over a campfire that was lit. (laughs) Josh told me I was 100 yards away, and Jonathan got out of the truck and walked away, and all I saw was the fire underneath the gas tank, and I started running. Not the other way, but he got in his truck, pulled away. Now, Jonathan told us last night he couldn't drive a stick. That's why. Matter of fact, that's why it ended up in the fire. Because I think he popped the clutch and and it died right there. Matter of fact, I think that's why the Jeep went through the wall. Because someone popped the clutch, you know. And this thing is used to climbing rocks, you know. That little old wall don't mean nothing. Well, folks... We are not to team up with unbelievers. Here's why. Because unbelievers are going to drag us down. We can associate with them, but don't team up with them. Because if you team up with them, you're going to change. You're going to change in a bad way. 
So here's what you do look for. Choose friends who will do one of these three things. Number one, choose a friend who will challenge you mentally. Proverbs 13, 20 says, he who walks with wise grows wise. I look for bigger, stronger, faster people to hang out with. Not necessarily runners, but I look for bigger, stronger, faster people. Why? Because if I hang out with bigger, stronger, faster people, guess what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to get bigger, stronger, and faster. Matter of fact, I've heard this saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. The Bible says, if you walk with wise, you grow wise. If you walk with fools, you're going to become a fool. I don't know, we were in a conversation and somehow I got on this subject of, do you want to soar with the eagles or do you want to flock with the turkeys? If you're going to flock with the turkeys, don't do it on Josh Tellefson's property. <laughs> because he will, and his little girl Harlow will put, that, put you in a dirt nap. That's what they call it, a dirt nap. I'm like, what's a dirt nap? He's like, he's dead. <laughs> right. Apparently that uh, dove didn't take a dirt nap. That was in my pocket at your house. You'd have to go back and listen to that message, folks. Proverbs 27, 17 tells us this. As iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. On Monday nights at 7 o'clock, men, there's a 28 men this past Monday that were sharpening each other up. On Tuesday, there is a group of ladies that get together. On Thursday, there's another group of ladies. I call them the mafia. Because you don't mess with them. Folks, you owe it to yourself to try out a life group. Get involved. It's, there's so much more than what you hear here on Sunday. Number two is you need to find somebody who will support you emotionally. Proverbs 17 and verse 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Now, men, I know that you don't want to hear this, and I know that when you're going through a tough time, you don't want to be around other people. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to hear about it. But I'm telling you that you need men going through that with you. You need to surround yourself with men who've been through it, and you need to surround yourself with men who believe you can get through it. Galatians 6, 2 says these words, bear one another's burdens. Ladies, you guys do a very good job at this. Men, we need to catch up. We need to learn to bear one another's burdens. We need to learn to get in the truck and run over to a friend's house when they need our help and we got the skills. And the last group that you need to find and surround yourself with is people who will strengthen you spiritually. And the place that you'll find people to strengthen you spiritually is in life groups. I'm unapologetic about that. This is a church of life groups. Everything that you see happening is because of life groups. We've baptized uh, over 40 people this year because of life groups. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, encourage one another and build each other up. Where does that happen at Crossroads Church, folks? The Bible says in Hebrews 10.24, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Where does that happen at Crossroads Church? That's right. Get in a life group, folks. You're, you're holding yourself back spiritually. You're holding yourself back emotionally. And you're holding yourself back mentally if you don't. If, if Monday night don't work, if Tuesday night don't work, if Thursday night don't work, we've got a couples group that meets on Tuesday mornings at 8 o'clock. We've got another couples group that meets on Fridays, 6.30? Ish. I like ish. I, I specialize in ish. See, I spent 28 years in the military where if you weren't 10 minutes early, you were late. Folks, I don't put a uniform on in the morning. And so well, I show up ish. What time are we getting together? 12 o'clock. Yeah, all right. I'll be there at 12-ish. And I will be there at 12-ish. And let me close today. And if you have your books, the, it says how 
to build healthy friendships. But today is a special day. What's today? It's Mother's Day. Yes, it is. And so I'm changing the book. And I want you to scratch that out, and I want you to write this down. How to be a great son or daughter. Everyone besides moms needs to do this. If you are not a mom, you need to scratch that out and say how to be a great son or daughter. Let me share with you what God's Word says. Number one, to be a great son or daughter, you need to get interested in other people. And other people is code for mama. You want to be a great son or daughter, you need to get interested in what mama's interested in. Moms, you are... We take you for granted. We love you, and you loved us unconditionally, and yet when it's your time to hurt, when it's your time and you need something, sons and daughters are sometimes the last to make it. And so I'm here to tell you folks that we need to get interested in mama. Philippians 2.4 said, let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. You can just scratch that out and say, for the interest of mama. Number two, don't, if you want to be a great son or daughter, don't be a chronic complainer. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2, 14 and 15, do everything without complaining and arguing. What Moms, you tell me this. What are the two things your kids do? Complain and argue. I don't care if they're 7 years old, 17 years old, or 70 years old. I've seen them in the car, two sisters going down the road, 70 years old, sitting in the back seat. Oh, my goodness, it is entertaining to watch Carrie's mom and her sister in the back seat. I mean, you would think that they're still in high school. They forget. Hey, 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 we're adults in this car. No, they aren't. And I'm here to tell you, we need to allow moms and dads to hear us do something besides complain and argue. And sometimes we just need to do it because mom's right there. Because kids, I'm just going to tell you something that your mom probably won't when she sees you arguing, it breaks her heart. When you see, she sees you complaining, it breaks her heart. Because when she sees you, she sees a reflection of who she is. And when she sees you act the fool, she doesn't think that you're a fool. She thinks that I did something wrong. I raised you wrong. What did I do that caused you to act like that? See, it's only moms who do that for us. Your friends, they tell you, you're a fool. Your brother or your sister, they let you know every day exactly what you are. And they remind you. Matter of fact, I talked about that last week. They have told you lies all of your life. But kids, we need to learn to do things without complaining and arguing. Because that's what the Bible says. Matter of fact, it says so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights. Do you know what that does to a mom when she's got four children and she's going through Walmart and someone says, I can't believe how good your kids are. And she's like, I can't either. <laughs> but I like I remember this. I, I'm not going to do that. That's on Father's Day. <laughs> Number three, you want to be a great son or daughter, be a good listener. James 1.19 says, be quick to listen and slow to speak when it comes to mama. See, moms don't say a lot. That's why you got, you got it. When mom starts, you stop everything. Hey, 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 turn that TV down. I think mom just said something. I think that goes for everyone in here except Carla. Carla, she doesn't have an inside voice. 
She's loud. But you know what? Carla has a heart. I don't know how it fits in her chest. Carla loves people. And thankfully, she loves her pastor. Be quick to listen to what mama says. And what's the second part of that? Slow to do something. Slow to obey. No, it says slow to speak. Children, and I'm talking to you adults, sometimes you say things to your mom so quickly and it crushes. It's like a knife that goes in and it leaves a wound for years. Listen to what the Bible says. Be quick to listen to mom and slow to speak. Proverbs 25 says, The counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. You want to be a great son or daughter? Your mom has a lot of wisdom. And if I were you, I try to draw that out. I remember up in the hills of West Virginia. Now, if you've never been to West Virginia, there aren't hills in West Virginia. They're mountains. The first time I took my lovely bride to West Virginia, I wanted her to meet Grandma. So we started going up this mountain. We kept going up the mountain. And about 30 minutes later, Carrie says, are we going to the top? I said, as a matter of fact, we are. And we got up to the top of that mountain. And and I remember my great-grandma's house. Here's why I remember it. It didn't have a bathroom inside, so we had to go out. And it had a two-seater. I was a child. I was like, where's the lock? I'm not, ain't no way I'm out here with somebody else. And then it had running water, but it also had a functioning well. And you would take that bucket and you would throw it in and the thing would. And it was fun as a kid watching it go down and watching that thing. But sooner or later you heard splash. And then you started doing this. And then an hour later you're still doing this. And then the coolest Water came out. Kids, I'm telling you, your mom is like that. You got to let it hit the water, and it's going to take a while. You're going to get tired. Come on, are you done yet? No, I'm not. I'm just getting started. Pastor Ronnie preached this Sunday. And when it comes out, your mom is going to give you some wisdom. Your mom is going to breathe life and speak words of life into you. But you got to pull it out. You got to go for it. You got to ask for it. You got to wait for it. Number four, if you want to be a great son or daughter, you need to accept people unconditionally. When I say you need to accept people unconditionally, who do I mean? Mama. You need to... Do what Romans 15, 7 says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. And, and what it really means in the Ron edition is accept mama just as Christ accepted you. I tell you, you need to accept mama just as mama accepted you. Number five, you need to help people feel significant. And when I say people, who am I talking about? Yeah, help mama feel significant because there is i guarantee you if your moms would be honest with you there are times in your life that you make your mom feel insignificant when you make your mom feel like she's not very important when you make your mom feel like all you need is something from her and you have nothing to give back that is not how to be a great son or daughter You want to be a great son or daughter, you need to help your mom feel significant. The Bible tells us in Romans 12.10, honor one another above yourselves. And who do I mean when it says one another? Honor mama above yourselves. Guys, we got it. Mother's Day, you're doing it. 
I know you're going to take her out to eat. I know that you've got some surprises that she hasn't seen yet. I've seen some of the surprises that you've already. Matter of fact, I saw one. Lisa showed it earlier a couple days ago, and it had a picture of her two sons and Michael, our drummer. I couldn't even recognize him. He was so young. You see the picture? Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm sorry if I surprised that. Um, but, hey, surprise, your mom got baptized today. <laughs> We, we worked on that all week, didn't we? Uh, and I need you to go talk to Helen because she's mad at me that, that I, I, I tricked her. She, Helen was counting. She's like, it's not as many as you're saying. I'm like, it's ministry math. All right, we baptized 55. Number six, you want to be a great son or daughter, learn to be sympathetic. Philippians 2.3 says, rejoice with those who rejoice. When mama's having a good day, why don't you do a victory lap with her? We do victory laps at the church all the time. All the time. Matter of fact, you come to a Tuesday staff meeting, we're doing a victory lap. You know what we're going to be doing a victory lap for this Tuesday? Baptisms, come on. We were so close. So close to what? 20. Now, folks, if you, this is your first day here, you don't know. But I showed up at this church when there was 40 people sitting out there. And I said, you know what? God is going to see a 20 people get baptized in that baptistry on one Sunday. They're like, man, you know what? We'd be happy to do 20 in 10 years. I said, we're going to, God, he put that on my heart in June of 2018 that there were going to be 20 people and there were going to be a lot of adults. It wasn't today. Matter of fact, we baptized 16 last week and you know, or last month, and it would be easy to get, oh, you know what? We almost, nah. uh You know what? When we baptize 20, it, we don't stop there. Uh-uh. This little church is going to lead the state of Illinois in baptisms. Because we are experiencing revival. You know what? I had a lot of people get mad at me because we changed the name and took the word Baptist off of the, the name. You see our little vinyl sign that's wrapped around that other church name? I get pastors that make fun of me like, well, you know, come on, when are you going to get a little, yeah, you guys hurting for money? No, uh-uh. We're about to put a $35,000 LED sign out there. And when we do, I don't think it's going to be very long when they're saying 20 baptisms this Sunday. Rejoice with those who do rejoice. When your mom's having a good day, you know what you need to do? You need to stop having a bad day. Don't, isn't that the way it works? Mom's having a good day. You walk in there. She's just smiling. And then she says, honey, how are you doing? And you're like, oh, mom. just mad at Go back to number two. Stop complaining. Be a good listener and rejoice with mom. And weep with those who weep. You know, sometimes your mom's hurting. And mom needs you to hurt with her. She needs you to sit down and just hold her hand. <laughs> she needs you to pick up the phone. And not text back. I'm busy. Number seven. Stick with them in tough times. When I say stick with them, who am I talking about? Mama. You know your mom goes through tough times, don't you? The problem is mamas never show it. Mamas are gifted. Their world can be falling apart, but they make you feel like you're the most important thing and what's happening in your life is the most important stuff. And you don't know behind the curtain is a broken heart. And mom needs you to stick with her. And if you have a tough time sticking with her, I want you to listen to this. Proverbs 18, 24 says that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And kids, I want to tell you something, that you need to start loving your mom's friends instead of being jealous of them. 
You ain't got to raise your hand. But I know that your mom has a special friend or two, and you're jealous because that special friend or two seems to get more attention than you. Your mom learned this word called boundaries, and she slapped a couple on you. And she didn't give any boundaries to Susie. Folks, I'm here to tell you that you need to learn to love her friends just like she does. Your mama liked that. Your mom would love it when you show up and her friends there at the house and you don't feel like you've been put, oh, do I not exist? Because usually what that friend does is get up and leave. And here's the words that should come out of your mouth the next time that friend gets up to leave. Hey, 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 stop, sit down. Have you guys had lunch yet? I'm going to take you both. Come on, let's go get in the car. Ecclesiastes says these words. Two are better than one because if one falls down, his friend can help him. I always wonder, why didn't it say his son or daughter? Uh Uh-oh, I think I'm preaching now. Why didn't the Bible say if one falls down, his son or daughter can help him? Because the reality is this, that our sons and daughters don't. I know, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to that person beside you or in front of you or behind you. It says, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Let me read this to you. Two are better than one because if she falls down, her friend can help her up. But pity the mama who falls and has no one to help her up. Number eight, if you want to be a great uh, son or daughter for your mom, share Christ with them. I would bet that most of the moms in here already know Jesus Christ. And it would be the greatest joy if they knew that you did. Luke 8, 8, verse 39 says these words. It says, go back home and tell everyone how much God has done for you. The man went all over town telling everyone what Jesus had done for him. Do you know what man he's talking about here? This was a man who was possessed by a demon. This was a man who, for years, everybody knew him. He, he stayed outside of town, and like if you went out there, like he would beat you up. Tear your clothes off. And then one day, one day, that man encountered Jesus Christ. And the demons inside him said, we don't want to have anything to do with you, Jesus. And Jesus said, what's your name? And they said, legion, for we are many. And he says, depart. Those demons departed. But But listen to this, before they left... They said, but we just, we got one request. And I don't know why Jesus responded, but he said, what is it? And they said, would you make us go into those pigs over there? 2,000 pigs. And he says, go. They went into those pigs, and, and you can imagine what a bunch of demons inside a bunch of pigs can do. And those pigs took off headlong and ran over a cliff into the water. The people who were Jews who don't eat pigs not supposed to apparently they did got mad because that was a lot of money that was floating i'm here to tell you that it would do your mom joy for you to go all over town saying what jesus christ has done in your life If you are here this morning and you have not had an encounter with Jesus Christ, don't leave here today without making that decision. You heard me ask everybody, have you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? And you heard them say, yes, yes, yes. I'm asking you that question. Have you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior?
And if you can't say yes, folks, don't leave here today. There are decision cards in front of you, little blue cards. I would pull one of those out, and I would mark on there that I want to make a life, commit my life to Christ. And then you check that box that says, I want to talk to the pastor, and I will reach out to you. There's another card in front of you. I wish you everybody would pull it out. And it says, Happy Mother's Day. For you, some of you inquiring minds, you've already pulled it out. And you like opened it up and said, it's blank. <laughs> what kind of church is this? <laughs> it's blank for a reason. It's blank so that you will write your mom a note. That's your card. I don't care if she's sitting beside you. I don't care if she lives in another state. I don't care if right now she's in another church. And if she is, shame on you. (laughs) But here's what I want you to do. Write mom a little love note. It, It might start with, I'm sorry. It might say, I've been a bad son. I haven't been a very good daughter. Write her a note. Maybe your mom's not here. I lost my mom 10 years ago. She's getting one. And then I'm going to write one for Carrie's mom. Who wants to be a good son or daughter? Who wants to be a good son or daughter? All right, I've given you your instructions. Worship team, come on up here. Are you glad you came to church today? Are you glad you came to a church that's experiencing revival? Folks, we're going to sing. I want you to stand to your feet right now. If your mom's sitting there beside you, I want you to hug her and hurt her, squeeze her. And then I want you to start singing with us right now. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. You see, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight. 